0: What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Cabinet today for January the 10th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. And we have some massive news that broke in just the past couple of hours, and that is the fact that Activision and Bungie are now parting ways, which means this is going to be a very interesting time for the future of Destiny. So we'll talk more about that. And of course, as you would expect, that is our headliner. But before we jump into that, you might be saying, Sam, I thought there was not going to be any kind of show on Thursday. Well, schedules change as they tend to in college. And guess what? The show is back on its regular schedule of Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams. Or alternatively, you could catch the show on YouTube. You could see it on podcast services. But links for all of that are over on twitter.com prettychillguy pretty chill guy. Now, what else are we going to be talking about today? Now, we have the Bungie splitting with Activision story, which is, of course, the biggest news of the day. On top of that, Amazon is reportedly developing its own game streaming service. Mortal Kombat 11 has some brand new box art for us to check out. Mike Morheim is officially leaving Blizzard for good in April. Arcade 1-Up. Is making a home arcade cabinet for the Mortal Kombat trilogy. We'll talk more about these cool little cabinets, of which I'm a big fan. The Order 1886 developer is now hiring for its next AAA game. Blizzard has put a Stanley tribute in the world of Warcraft. Metroid Prime 4 has a brand new release date that is supposedly being leaked by a retailer. The Catherine on PC that we've been talking about recently in the news is officially out right now. And What Remains of Edith Finch is free starting today on the PC via the Epic Games Store. So we'll talk more about all these stories over the next few minutes. But again, if you are brand new to the show, I do appreciate you joining me here today. Whether you're watching live, whether you're hanging out afterwards in YouTube or even on the podcast version, thank you for taking the time to check out the show. But without further ado... Let's go ahead and dive into the hot gaming news of the day, which features our headliner story, Bungie has split with Activision, and Bungie is keeping Destiny. Developer Bungie and publisher Activision are splitting up, an industry shaking divorce that will see the shared world shooter series Destiny enter fully into Bungie's control. This development comes after years of tension between the two companies, tension that has existed since before the first Destiny even shipped. Bungie, the studio that created and has led development on the franchise, told employees during a team meeting this afternoon, framing it as fantastic news for a studio that has long grown sick of dealing with its publisher. Employees cheered and popped champagne according to one person who was there. We have enjoyed a successful 8 year run and would like to thank Activision for their partnership on Destiny, Bungie said in a blog post today. Looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights for Destiny to Bungie and with our remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. Destiny, which first launched in September 2014, has had a long and rocky road through expansions, updates, and a sequel. The most recent major entry in the franchise Destiny 2 Forsaken was beloved by players but failed to meet Activision's sales standards. One of the most significant tensions between Bungie and Activision had long been the annualized schedule, which mandated the release of a new Destiny game or expansion every single fall. Now, separated from Activision, Bungie will no longer be constrained to that schedule. And of course, they say, And I quote, we will continue to deliver on the existing Destiny roadmap, and we're looking forward to releasing more seasonal experiences in the coming months, the company said, as well as surprising our community with some exciting announcements about what lies beyond. For now, it appears to be business as usual for Destiny 2. Activision said on Twitter this afternoon that the game would remain on Blizzard's Battle.net, and Bungie says the transition is already underway in its early stages. Bungie also has a brand new game in development thanks to a $100 million investment from NetEase. The news comes during a rough time for Activision, which recently went through an executive shakeup and has been cutting costs at its biggest subsidiary, Blizzard. Activision's stable of mega franchises has grown significantly smaller, having abandoned Skylanders and now lost Destiny. Two of the publisher's other studios, High Moon and Vicarious Visions, had been working on expansions and content for D2, but it's unclear what they will helm next. It's also full circle for Bungie, which created Halo for Microsoft, was then purchased by Microsoft and negotiated its independence from Microsoft in 2007. At the meeting to announce that deal, employees cheered as well. And so, now we have pretty much the priming of the future of Destiny, which looks to be very bright. So, before I jump into my thoughts on this, I do want to say that I am not a significant member of the Destiny community. I will say that as much of the content that I watch on Twitch, a big portion of that is Destiny content, and so I kind of have my 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 fingers on the pulse of the Destiny community. I see how the big heads in the community react, and to be quite honest with you, Everybody is happy about this, because the publishing issues that Activision has brought to Bungie and Destiny uh, have been crippling for the franchise, and I'm not going to say that's why Destiny is suffering, uh, I'm not going to say that's the reason that D2 has not been nearly as successful as D1, but I will say that whenever you have a publisher that is demanding such a high uh, expectation, uh, when you have a publisher that is wanting to you know, push the boundaries each and every single time, you begin to lose that passion, you begin to lose the love for the game that you create and it becomes somewhat of a cash cow instead of your prize cow if that's a good livestock you know metaphor uh, but I digress it seems like everybody is generally excited about the future of destiny as I am as well uh, will we get back to that uh, you know pre-release hype before D1 even came out? are we going to be seeing uh, that same kind of excitement? I think we very well could. Destiny 3 is going to be a big change, a big shakeup from Destiny 2, and this freedom uh, that has been found from this split does allow the guys at Bungie to kind of make some moves that Activision might not have agreed with, and therefore, they're able to try some new things, try some new ideas, and kind of give the entire Destiny franchise a, a fresh start, if you will. And so, I know that I'm excited about that. You will have to let me know what you think in the comments section down below. But overwhelmingly, uh, huge news, of course, what is is the future of Activision looking like after this, Uh, I think quite frankly they are trimming the fat, and that's what I think a lot of other gaming journalists have been talking about today. Uh, when it comes down to it whether you think that d2 has been successful or not uh, it did not meet the sales expectations that activision had set for bungie's shooter and so with the lack of achievement from the game it made it a bit easier for them to part with the ip and kind of move on and uh, will destiny come back and see a huge resurgence more than likely but activision is not going to be having any part of that So we'll see what happens with the future of Destiny. I would say that you're not going to see any kind of major shakeup until the next Destiny does actually launch, which is more than likely going to be a next generation title. Uh, So you can probably look forward to that around 2020, maybe 2021, Uh, but as far as continued support for Destiny 2 goes, it looks like you're going to be getting more of the same, and that's not necessarily a bad thing considering how successful Destiny 2 Forsaken has actually been because it's definitely brought a lot more of the uh, the game the spotlight, and a ton of people are still talking about the new content that is being added to this very week. So overall, not too shabby when it comes to how D2 actually turned out, and also not too shabby when you're talking about the future of Bungie overall. But, Moving on to the next story of the day, Amazon is reportedly developing its own game streaming service. The company is already in talks with publishers, but service wouldn't be ready until 2020 at the earliest. Amazon may have joined Google and Microsoft in development of a game streaming service that would purportedly allow users to ditch physical discs and downloads and simply play games by streaming them over the internet, according to a recent report. Two people in the know spoke to the information about Amazon's ambitions to begin its own service for streaming gameplay online which reportedly would not be available until 2020 at the earliest. However, Amazon is already apparently in talks with publishers about possible titles that would be distributed as part of this service. In March of last year, Amazon launched GameOn as a cloud-based tool to streamline the process of developers adding leaderboards, leagues, other competitions, and real-world prizes to their games. Should such a service come to fruition, Amazon would not be alone or necessarily at the forefront of such technology. Microsoft in particular has been the subject of such conversation throughout 2018, with reports of it developing a streaming-only console for debut in 2020 and the far more concrete announcement of its Project X Cloud service dropping in October of last year. Meanwhile, Google did a trial run of its still fairly quiet streaming service back in October with Assassin's Creed Odyssey in partnership with Ubisoft. So, we have the foundation of what could very well be the future of the gaming industry right here. Because what people don't seem to realize is that streaming is a bigger part of the future of gaming than we realize. Uh, Because I wasn't a believer until I tried Assassin's Creed Odyssey via Google's little test project. I believe it was Google xCloud, if I remember correctly, something along those lines. Uh, Project xCloud was Microsoft's, so whatever Google's streaming service was called, uh, I was in the beta for this trial run of being able to literally play all of Assassin's Creed Odyssey via my Google Chrome browser. And so once you dive in and you actually get invested in the game, I literally forgot that I was playing on my browser. It felt like I was playing a regular game streaming and playing on my PC. It was crazy how amazing that experience was. So now that I've experienced that for myself uh, and really gotten to give this kind of technology a shot, I am fully backing uh, this concept of a streaming-based future. Now, the question is, are we going to be leaving people that are, you know, um, in the, in the rural areas of the country and of the world, uh, in the dust, you know, those that don't have a stable internet connection, what's going to happen to these individuals? Uh, and the question really is still kind of floating around out there because that has not been solved yet. Uh, that is one thing about the older generations of consoles, and I would even say the newer consoles today, like the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, I remember specifically when I was growing up sending an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 uh, to like some soldiers stationed in Iraq or you know a small African village, whatever you want to call it, uh, or wherever you want to send one, it was able to function independently and you could still play your games. But if there is a new push for streaming-based consoles in the future, that kind of experience isn't going to be, I suppose, expected or anticipated or or even possible uh, to some degree. So all of these are conversations that will be had over the next few years, but it is cool to see that streaming and internet-connected devices are becoming a larger part of where gaming is going in the future, and so that's a very exciting thing for me and i cannot wait to see where the tech does go because man assassin's creed odyssey i might even go so far as to say runs better on google chrome than on my playstation 4 i'm not even kidding you Uh, but if you have not had the chance to give it a shot look forward to the future because it is pretty dang cool Uh, before we move on spike tiger in the chat welcome on in my friend i hope you are doing very well now, something that is also doing very well, or I should say someone, is the, uh, the person or the team behind this Mortal Kombat 11 box art, because it looks pretty dang cool, and fans of Scorpion are going to be a big fan of it. Mortal Kombat's reveal event is only days away at this point, so we should know soon a lot more about the game than we do now. While the initial trailer and PR confirm time travel shenanigans and character variations, the game's impending April release date means the next few months should be packed with Mortal Kombat information. So, why not start that off with a reveal of the box art courtesy of Ed Boone? And here you guys have it. Uh, so, for audio listeners out there, it's a very golden box art cover. Uh, I'm trying to even describe what this color would be like. It is just glowing gold, and it's, and it's scorpion. That looks very menacing with the with the Mortal Kombat logo and uh, in the middle of it an eleven, a very pointy eleven if I do say myself. Uh, but I would just recommend giving that one a Google and seeing the picture for yourself if you really want to see the box art. Uh, but it's a more modern version of Scorpion leaping out. Though we know from the trailer that an older, more Mortal Kombat two like version of the character also exists in the game. Interestingly, the box art apparently leaked out last month as part of a Reddit rumor. The user claimed that he accidentally got an internal email meant for Netherrealm staff about the game, which suggested among other things that Ronda Rousey would be voicing Sonya Blade in the new title. It also mentioned a new character named Garrus, who will be revealed later. And so, we will definitely find out more. And find out more for sure during the Mortal Kombat 11 reveal event on January the 17th, one week from today, and the game is going to be released on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April the 23rd. Seems like that release date is just sneaking up on me. I have no idea uh, where this game came from. Just kidding, I do. It's the Game Awards. Uh, But... Yeah, game Awards. Had to think about it for a minute. Uh, however, this game is always going to just tickle my fancy. There's something about Mortal Kombat as a franchise that just gets me. I'm not a big fighting games guy. You know, I'm not somebody that goes really deep into the lore of the characters and really knows all about all these various people that that make Mortal Kombat what it is. But what I will tell you is that it is gruesome. It is bloody. It is amazing. And I cannot wait to at least watch this one play competitively, because whenever you have people on the sticks or the buttons that know what they're doing, there is nothing more entertaining than watching people beat the shit out of each other in Mortal Kombat. And I say that wholeheartedly as somebody with passion. Uh, So if you want to learn more about the game, again, the reveal event is January the 17th, one week from today. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty good time for those that are fans of the head-ripping, blood-pumping action of Mortal Kombat. Now, speaking of none of those things, Mike Morheim is leaving Blizzard for good in April. Now, Morheim stepped down as president of Blizzard in October, but remained as a strategic advisor up until now. Blizzard Entertainment co-founder and former president Mike Morhaime announced in October 2018 that he had stepped down from his long-held position but would remain as a strategic advisor, expressing love and admiration for the company. How long he would remain was not clear at the time, but an Activision Blizzard SEC filing made earlier this week reveals that Morhaime's position as advisor will come to an end in just a few months. Quote, as previously disclosed on October 3rd, 2018, Michael Morhaime entered into an agreement with Activision Blizzard, the company, uh, pursuant to which he would provide strategic advice to the company in an advisory capacity, the filing says. Mr. Moorheim's employment with the company as a strategic advisor will conclude on April 7th, 2019. Moorheim was succeeded as president of Blizzard by J. Allen Brack, the longtime executive producer on World of Warcraft, and his full departure may simply reflect the end of the leadership transition period. It comes at the time of apparent turmoil with Activision Blizzard. The company recently lost two top executives, Activision Blizzard CFO Spencer Newman and Blizzard CFO Amrita Awa. Don't know how to say that name, but it's the Blizzard CFO and yesterday appointed new presidents of Activision, King Digital Entertainment, and Activision's Blizzard's emerging businesses. I've reached out to Blizzard for comments, says the author, and will update if a reply is received. But I would add to this growing list of difficulties that they've also parted ways with Bungie. So that's kind of insane. Uh, But I digress. This is, quite frankly, the conclusion of a story that we talked about back in October because I remember actually talking about it. Uh, But best of luck to Mr. Moorheim. Of course, the gaming industry would literally be completely different uh, without his guidance over the past years because he is such a huge part of Blizzard. uh, It's going to be strange to not be saying his name as often. Uh, But hey, If I had to guess, he's probably going to be around, and you'll probably see him from time to time. Uh, But again, Activision, weird stuff happening over there behind the scenes. And as Spike says in the chat, who will do keynotes? Probably the new guy. Uh, But if you're into Mortal Kombat, going back to the story before that, then you might want to get a classic arcade cabinet. And Arcade 1UP has you said. Now, this is not a sponsored portion of the podcast. This is not something that I have purchased, but it is something that I have played. Because I stood at one in a Walmart for about 30 minutes playing Centipede. I believe it was Centipede. Something along those lines. Very fun little cabinets. And I wanted to talk about the fact that they're making a cabinet for the Mortal Kombat trilogy. Home arcade cabinet maker Arcade 1-Up seems to have found a reliable niche for itself. In 2018, the company launched a line of relatively inexpensive smaller-scale cabinets themed around games like Asteroids, Rampage, and Strooper, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Excuse me. Now, shortly into the new year, Arcade 1-Up has shared plans for another batch of machines, and Mortal Kombat fans in particular will want to listen up. The 2019 rollout includes the following: the Final Fight cabinet with Final Fight 1944, Ghost and Goblins, and Strider Space Invaders, with the Space Invaders game in color and black and white. The Golden T cabinet with Golden T Classic, Golden T 2K. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Golden T 99 and Golden T 98. The Mortal Kombat cabinet with Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, and Mortal Kombat 3, and Karate Champ cabinet with Karate Champ, Bad Dudes, Burger Time, and Caveman Ninja. Now, for those that don't know, Arcade 1-Ups cabinets are 3 three quarters scale, 3 fourths, whatever you want to call it, and use 17 inch LCD screens and typically cost a price of $300. Of course, there are trade-offs. The build quality and game selection won't be to every enthusiast's liking. That said, the cabinets are inexpensive as far as these things go, and weigh only around 60 pounds. So if you've ever helped a buddy move an original machine, you'll know how friendship testing they can be. As somebody who bought a Pac-Man machine last year and had to move it three times, I can confidently say it weighs significantly more than 60 pounds. Of course, higher quality materials, but still very, very heavy when it comes to the classic cabinets. That Mortal Kombat cabinet is a crowd pleaser, but if you're holding out, know that more are in the works. According to Tastemaker CEO Scott Bachrick, I believe it's how you say that name, Bachrock? Sure, why not Yachtrock? a good genre of music. This is just the tip of the iceberg for us as we continue to secure the licenses our community wants to see. I hope each wave is better than the last the author says. For more on the subject, I'd encourage you to check out this in-depth review of the Arcade 1-Up Pac-Man cabinet from Destructoid reader Picario. He's got assembly pictures and everything, and I would also say that Boogie2988 on YouTube has a breakdown of building the cabinets, of putting them up, of having an entire room of these things set up, but essentially, as the article said, uh, they're Three quarter scale cabinets available at my local Walmart, and I'm not exactly living in the gaming skewed part of the country. You know, I'm in North Carolina, so it is what it is. But if you did want to pick one up, I have seen them drop in price a bit uh, to around, I think it was $250 uh, for one of the machines. But overwhelmingly, uh, very cool to see this kind of thing doing a uh, kind of a resurgence, if you will. And for those that do want to have an arcade in their garage, uh, for those that want to have a couple of cabinets set up in their basement, this is the opportune time uh, to dive in and get some classic cabinets if you are into that kind of thing Uh, now would i recommend all of these that are coming out in february and throughout the entirety of 2019 not necessarily uh, but again that's just my personal taste if i had to get one of these cabinets uh, out of the new announcements i would without a doubt go with the space invaders in color and black and white cabinet coming out in february but that's just me so hey arcade one up if you want to send your boy a review one i've got a giant space over here literally right next to my setup where it would be very welcoming and very fitting for a brand new arcade one up space invaders cabinet please uh, but without a doubt interesting to see these things making a resurgence and we'll see how they go in the future as they continue to evolve and as more are added of course uh, but Speaking of stuff evolving, The Order 1886 developer is now hiring for its next AAA game. Ready at Dawn's last foray into AAA gaming, The Order 1886, was not exactly a striking success. Reviews of the game heaped praise upon its setting, but criticized the brevity of its story campaign. Nevertheless, the studio is reportedly gearing up for another shot at the big time, which could give it another chance to achieve the right balance between style and substance. The information that Ready at Dawn is working on its next AAA game comes from the studio own job listings. In a post on the company's official Twitter page, Ready Adon said that it is looking for a talented, passionate, A group of people to push the boundaries of tech, gameplay, art, and storytelling in game development. There are several positions open at the dev, including senior combat systems designer, senior engine programmer, lead artist, senior environment texture artist, and senior environment model and layout artist. And so they have a listing that repeats that as well. The positions will relate to Ready at Dawn's work in both the VR and AAA console game spaces. In the job listing for senior combat systems designer, the studio specifically states that the hired candidate will be working on a third. Person action console title and it will be the combat system designers job to work closely with other designers and other disciplines to imagine and plan the core combat and player weapon systems uh, so uh, of course they go on to speculate more about what this actually means but for me i am hoping very deeply and very sincerely that we are going to be getting a sequel to the order 1886. Now I talked about this on Twitter just a couple of days ago. Uh, the game was on sale for less than $5 on the PlayStation store. Thanks to an incredible holiday sale. And I believe the game is still on sale right now. Uh, but when the game first launched, uh, way back a couple of years ago, I believe in 2015, I want to say 26, I think it was 2015. If I remember correctly, Let, let's give that a quick Google order 1886, uh, release date. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, February 20th, 2015, I actually ended up renting it from Redbox, which I know, Sam, that's terrible for the gaming industry. They need your dollars. And I say, yeah, but I'm broke. I'm in high school and college in in these times. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really trim the fat where you can. Uh, So I gave it a shot and I actually platinumed it in probably around 12 hours. And that was me literally going back and getting every single thing, accomplishing every goal in the game. So with that being said, yes, it was a very short game, but the setting, the combat, the overall aesthetic of the game, Uh, The graphics, the graphical fidelity, if you will, uh, all of these are fantastic aspects of the game, and so for less than $5, this is a no-brainer. I would say that The Order 1886 is one of the most underrated games of this entire console generation across the Xbox, the PS4, uh, and I would even go so far as to say the PC space as well. Uh, You need to play this game if you have not, and the opportunity to get it for less than $5 is an honor and you should bow before Ready Dawn. I'm just kidding. Uh, but without a doubt, would love to see something set in the universe of the Order 1886. Because even if it is a completely different game, there is so much you can do with the idea of the Order 1886. Which of course is just this this uh, creepy, uh, almost almost Lovecraftian in a way, uh, horror slash you know mutant weird. Oh, it's it's great. It's it's a, it's an amazing setting. And so I would love to see more from that. But We'll see what happens in the next few years. I would love to see it launch on the PS5 as a launch title, but hey, we're really grasping at straws with that one. But speaking of Blizzard, going back to a couple of stories ago, I should have reorganized these, shouldn't I? Uh, Blizzard has put a Stanley tribute into the world of Warcraft. Last November, former chief, uh, editor-in-chief, publisher, and chairman of Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, passed away at the age of 95. But he will likely be remembered for longer than he lived. Case in point, Blizzard recently released a patch for World of Warcraft that includes a cute tribute to the late creator, fan boss Shuten nailed it recently discovered the addition of a mustached npc named stanley who walks around stormwind keep and occasionally yells excelsior at other players at least two more models based on Stanley appear in the game one wearing a plain black shirt and the other wearing orgrimmar gear sure i'm not into wow uh pretty neat enough said and so again here is uh, some footage of the overall uh Stan Lee that is in the game, and it very much so resembles, you know, the uh, the man himself, the man of the hour, uh, but really just cool to see that so many people throughout, I guess, nerddom or, or the gaming culture mixed with the comic culture and the tech culture, everybody kind of came together with Stan Lee, and so to see him memorialized in so many different ways is something that I thought was really cool and something that I wanted to show you guys here today, but again, if you did want to go to Stormwind Keep and check out stanley himself then by all means you can dive into wow and do that right now meow is the sound that cats make but for those that are fans of metroid then guess what metroid prime 4 has a release date hypothetically Nothing confirmed exclusively as of yet, but one of the biggest surprises of E3 2017 was the announcement of Metroid Prime 4. But all fans were treated to the game's logo, and nothing of any actual substance was shown off. To date, we still haven't seen anything about what the upcoming game will have to offer fans of the science fiction franchise, but that could change very soon if a leaked release date is accurate. Czech retailer Supergamer has apparently leaked the release date for Metroid Prime 4, claiming that the game is launching on November the 29th of this year. It's possible that this is just a placeholder date, but the end-year placeholder date would typically be December the 31st. November 29th is also believable, believable excuse me because Nintendo has a tendency to release its big games on Fridays instead of Tuesdays, the industry norm, and November the 29th does happen to fall on a Friday. So, if the placeholder date is true... Then fans should be able to expect a Metroid Prime 4 gameplay reveal at E3 2019 at the latest. However, while the November 2019 or er, November 29th, 2019 date does seem believable, it is far from an official confirmation, and fans should take it with a grain of salt until Nintendo offers some official details on the game itself. Uh, so again, we know close to nothing about this game, except for the logo and the fact that it is in existence. But I hypothesize that a Nintendo Direct will be coming in the next few days, as we have seen plenty of discussion about on the social media pages. Uh, And so, hypothetically, let's say they release some gameplay during this Nintendo Direct, it would take people by surprise. It would, without a doubt, be one of the top trending topics on the gaming social media, if you will, specifically Twitter. And so, I would love to see that become a reality, uh, but more reasonably, I would say this is probably going to be coming out around E3. But I am still going to hedge my bet and say that we Might be seeing something in the next Nintendo Direct, but that is just my two cents. Uh, I know that a ton of Nintendo Switch fans are excited about Metroid Prime 4, as I am as well. Even as somebody who does not own a Nintendo Switch, I am still a big fan of seeing people happy, and tons of people have been waiting on this game for a very long time, and so I know that seeing its final release will definitely be good for a ton of fans of Nintendo's old running franchise, long running franchise, if you will. But speaking of a game that I never thought I would see the light of day, or see the light of day again, I suppose, Catherine is coming to the PC today. Catherine Classic is the first Atlas developed game on Steam, and that's the big point that I want to drive home here. It's not necessarily the fact that Catherine is coming to the PC, it's more so the fact that this is an Atlas game on Steam. And they talk more about the future of Atlas games in the future. future. Catherine, the 2011 romantic thriller meets platformer developed by the Persona team, is now available on Steam. And it's a sort of surprise release that marks a major step for the Japanese developer. Catherine Classic is Alice's first internally developed game to come to Windows PC. The PC version of the PS3 and 360 game comes with several upgrades over the console versions, including 4K resolution, customizable controls, and an unlocked frame rate. Catherine Classic also offers a choice between English and Japanese language voice acting, a feature not included in the Western console release, and the PC version costs just $19.99, and I have seen it already today as low as $15.99 with some of those third-party location discounts. But otherwise, the rest of the game should be as you remember it. All three original game modes are included, including the story campaign and both multiplayer modes, and fans may be disappointed that the option to play online is not part of the newness of the PC version, but at least Atlas promised that online multiplayer will be in the upcoming Catherine full body remaster. Atlas has not announced a release date for Catherine Full Body yet, but the PS4 and PlayStation Vita game is expected to arrive sometime this year. Along with online multiplayer, the game will have new storylines and the option to play as Persona 5's Joker as well. And so, if you did want to dive in and play Catherine on the PC, Spike in the chat says, Pretty good game. I haven't played it and I probably never will, but if I know one thing about Atlas, it's that they have a ravenous fan base that has been wanting this for a very long time. And so now you can jump in and play one of the cult classics of the PS3 and the Xbox 360 generation on your PC via Steam. And again, Catherine Full Body coming out on the PS4 and the Vita later this year. The Vita in 2019. It lives. Yes. Uh, but if you didn't want to pay for a brand new game, guess what? You can get a free one, which we talked about last week, but it's worth talking about again today because you can get it for free right now. That is What Remains of Edith Finch out now for free, totally free. No questions asked on the Epic Games Store. The latest free game offered on the Epic Games Store is a particular highlight, one I hope you'll strongly consider if you enjoy adventure games, says the author Ed Destructoid, family drama and heartfelt stories. It's none other than Giant Sparrow's What Remains of Edith Finch, and the promo lasts only until January the 24th at 11.59pm Eastern Time, uh, so essentially you have about two weeks from today to get this bread, fam. I mean, to get this, sorry, my brain had a, had a fart there. Uh, but the game's morbid premise is what initially got me back on board in 2017. As Brett covered in his review, the Finches are a kind of family that finishes building a cemetery before starting the house. Neither is ever a completed project, though. As they keep adding holes in the ground, they also keep adding to their home. Whenever a relative dies, they seal up their room and leave it alone forever. A peephole in each door acts as a way to preserve their memory while still letting their ghost rest. But more than just an intriguing setup, Edith Finch consistently lands across the board. It's a collection of varied but cohesive visionettes that differ in subject matter, mood, scope, and gameplay. The latter aspect is what really sets it apart, at least for me, the author says. This is not a disjointed walk and listen experience. Your interactions are blended into the narrative in clever, thematically appropriate ways. For those of you that have played Edith Finch already, I'll just say that Gregory, the baby, and Lewis, the fishhead chopper, were my favorite Finches, for lack of a better word. Their stories stuck with me, the author says, more than most. And it's wild how many emotions Giant Sparrow is able to draw out in such a short time span. Uh, So again, you can dive into the Epic Game Store and claim your free game. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's free. And I told you about it, so you should thank me right now just kidding uh, but that wraps it up for today's episode of caffeinate i hope you guys have enjoyed it and if you did be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on youtube to those hanging out in the chat on twitch.tv slash samuel adams i appreciate you as well and i hope you do come back for a brand new episode tomorrow at 7 p.m eastern time because if there is one thing i know about the gaming industry there is always something to talk about And that's what I love about it. But again, if you are listening on podcast services to the YouTube video later on, I thank you so much for making this show the success that it has been. I love doing this every single day, and I cannot thank you guys enough for taking the time to listen to it and hang out uh, and all of that good stuff. But as of right now, I'm going to go learn more about Catherine because I still don't really know what's happening within that game. Very strange one. But I will talk to you tomorrow and enjoy the rest of your night. Peace.